0: Sounds like it's working now. Yeah, it's working now. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there, having a cup of coffee. My name is Wesley Simmons, by the way, and I thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast. Absolutely. My pleasure. So, um, tell... And the fans, a little bit about yourself. Oh, for the people geez. who don't know, sure,
1: where to start about wrestling, about 25 years. I started in Arizona. I'm the nephew of famous WCW wrestler, Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan. My father was a man named Kurt Von Hess. My name is Ron Von Hess. I um just been around a long time. I've wrestled in Mexico. I've wrestled in Japan. I've wrestled pretty much all over the United States. I'm a four two-time AIWF world champion, one time with six man with Kevin Sullivan. I'm a former UA world heavyweight champion. I am also former World Underground Wrestling, which is the league that we belong to now, World Light Champion. I vacated that title recently to move to the heavyweight division. I'm the current number one contender in Japan for the World Underground Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship, currently held by the son of the great Kabuki. I wrestle for, like I said, World Underground Wrestling America here is my home promotion and I also work for BCW in Oregon. That's on Fight TV. And you can see Uh, BCW on fight TV online and they have a show every week and those people work really hard and it's a damn good show and getting better all the time. So other than that, I'm feuding with former new Japan dojo legend, Ricky Fuji in Japan and master Fugo or legends. And I just made my debut on the tapings there against a guy from the wing promotion. I'm sorry. I can't remember his name, but it's on my page very talented veteran worker and just just a layman wrestler who's been around a long time and still going to the gym and still taking care of myself and still trying to be the best performer and wrestler I can be.
0: That is some very impressive accomplishments.
1: Oh thank you. Well you know wrestling's about what you you get what you put in. You know, like I tell people all the time, there's always a lot of haters around in our business. A lot of guys that, you know, they're not doing what you did. So they're trying to hold you back. But see, my mindset is the more people hate on me, I just use that as fuel to push myself farther. Whereas other guys like, oh, stop messing with me. So I'm like, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring me your hate, bring me your spies, bring it all to me because I'll shove it all down your throat and I'll keep on going. And that's been the key to my success is just keeping on, keeping on. I never worry about what some big mouth guy says on the internet because I'm too busy doing stuff. While they're talking, I'm doing. And that's the difference between Ron Von Hess and a lot of other guys out there. And they don't like me saying that, but that's the truth. And it's not cockiness, it's competence. I spent money getting myself proper with Edsel Mendoza from Puerto Rico who trained with Carlos Colon's guys I've trained with Kevin Sullivan I went out of my way to become a master of my craft and I realized being a master of your craft means you're constantly training constantly learning and evolving until you're done and that's why now I'm starting to break the glass ceiling because even though there's a lot of haters out there you overcome your haters like I said by just using that as fuel and pushing on further because wrestling is about what you have done today. Nobody cares about what you did yesterday. They only care about what you've done today. And that's why right now there's only two guys in the Pacific Northwest that have held world titles, me and a guy that I trained. And that's a fact.
0: That's. Um, so you were saying you. um were working in Japan. Do you guys do anything for just the people who are wondering? Like, I've gotten questions to ask you. Oh, I'm sure there's a ton. (laughs) Yeah. And one person says right here is. Do W.U.W. W.U.W work with njpw no
1: no they do have former stars from new japan though see this is how japan works all the legends and veterans do all the circuits because there they revere them there's narita pro there's world underground i work for several different companies there and you never know who you're gonna see there like right now i'm feuding with ricky japan who was the one of the first graduates of the new japan dojo big star there He also was at the Heart Dungeon. He was in the first... I don't know if you know what the G1 Cup is, you know, the Super Cup. Yeah. Super J Cup. He was in the very first Super J Cup. And that's the main guy I'm feuding with over there right now. I was also on a card with the president of Big Japan, which is probably the third biggest TV company there, uh, Mr. Kojika. I was on a show with him recently, and he won the title at Narita. So... These guys travel around a lot. I think there was 10 legends at the taping I was at. They were on last. They put on a hell of a match. I mean, just great talents, great people to learn from. The thing is, New Japan isn't looking for a guy my age. They're looking for guys a little bit younger than me, like the Young Lions. And what a lot of Americans don't think, I was just talking to this uh, fellow American FMW Leatherface who's coming in here. You know, he wrestles all over in Japan for the frontier martial arts promotion. He yeah. was saying all the lot of the American guys just think that they want to book a lot of Americans over in Japan. That's not true. It's Japan. The draws are the Japanese. Every company only needs a couple of guy jeans, and guy jeans are white guys. So it's a lot harder to break into that scene than what people think. You know, people say, oh, you can just buy a plane ticket. No, you can't. You can't just buy a plane ticket and go over there and get booked. It's impossible. You have to have what's called a COE to even work. So you got to apply for that, which is kind of your license in Japan. And they run your visa and all that. It's just a lot more complicated. And no offense to a lot of the American guys, but we have a reputation for being soft. And they don't want soft guys there. They want strong style guys there, guys that can be tough guys that can take a punch, guys that can take a headbutt, and guys who aren't going to whine. So to work in Japan is an honor because these guys only pick the guys that they think can make it. And if they don't think you can make it, they test you in your first couple matches and they do their best to drum you out. They only want the toughest, best guy jeans there. When I first wanted to go, they told me I was too old, too fat, and too slow. So I got in the gym. I lost a bunch of weight. I started training. I had a match in Alaska with a guy named AK Lightning, which we had a really good feud where our last match, we fought all over the arena. It was a grudge match and it was one of the best matches of my career. After seeing that, I finally got my invitation to go to Japan. And even then, I trained my ass off and I still train my ass off. I've lost about 60 pounds since I started going to Japan, moving it from my stomach into my chest and arms. Because over there, it's survival of the fittest. It's really funny because I remember when I first got my first plane ticket from there and they sent it to me, I had all these guys in the Northwest saying, oh, you bought your own ticket, which is not true. But funny story. Now the same guys are going over my head, riding the promoters offering to buy their tickets. I find that pretty hilarious. But also I take it as a a compliment because – Now they're trying to do what I did and they're trying to do it their own way and more power to them. But to the guys listening, they'll never book you that way. It'll never
0: happen. And you said you had some um, information for the podcast about an upcoming WUW.
1: The end of September, we're going to be hosting FMW Leatherface who is the third leatherface and the most what sto- I mean opinions vary but in my opinion the most storied leatherface of all three of them he's the latest one he's been there since 2003 he was in Onita if you know who Onita is Onita is a legend in Japan he was the deathmatch king big tv star has done everything his last match was against this FMW Leatherface. He's wrestled Nosawa, who's another crazy, <clears throat> excuse me, big star there. This guy has worked all the big stars in Japan. He doesn't do matches in the United States, but he's going to start working for us. And he's, we've reached a deal with him to make World Underground Wrestling America his home promotion in the States. So there's a good chance he'll be appearing here and then at BCW, which is where our other guys work. So we're incredibly proud that he picked us and that we have him coming in. I can't say much more about the match yet because we have a big announcement on the 18th, which is next Saturday, which guys will just have to wait and see on the internet because I know a lot of guys probably won't come to the local show. It's always sold out. So our show's the last three shows, I think we've turned 30 people away for fire code because we just didn't have enough room. The building was literally packed. So that's uh, yeah, in a little Mexican restaurant, but it holds quite a few people. And you'd be surprised how many people we pack in there. We've We've been buying more chairs and more benches since we started. The faster we buy the chairs, the faster they're filled. It seems like at this point, we're not able to meet the demand of our audience. So and I have a lot of people tell me, well, you should move venues. Well, the venue has been real good to us. La Pobanita is a Mexican restaurant with excellent food. The people have been awesome to World Underground Wrestling America and SCW, our company before then. I think there's a lot worse problems for a federation to have that they're standing room only all the time. To me, that's awesome. You know, that to me gives the fans incentive to get out early, get a seat, get something to eat, get their food sit down and be ready because that way they're insured to get to see the show and we've been putting up video clips from the new show all over and i'm very just ecstatically proud that people in chicago people just all over the united states are seeing the product now and they're really receptive and they think the product is really awesome to me the product can always grow and certainly it can always get better but just having the Other companies write me and say, wow, we really like what you guys are doing. And wow, you know, it's really awesome. That's really proud for me because when I brought the franchise from Japan, from World Underground, my goal was to change the scene down here, have a league that actually had a tie to Japan where where guys can see wrestlers from Japan here in the States. That's not a big league. That's not going to break your wallet. Our shows donation only because of Washington state law. So we've got great sponsors. Money is not our primal focus for right now. Our primal focus is selling and taping our DVDs and our matches because the more stars you have in, which we do bring in a lot of stars, the better your DVD sell. We're working on one right now after the FMW will be releasing a DVD with all the stars that have come through our company in the last, I think, year and a half. And it's a who's who of like some of the best guys in wrestling. We've had guys from Ring of Honor. You know, we got to we have guys coming in from New Japan later this year. Uh, Actually, excuse me, at March of next year, we're having a camp with a a former New Japan legend and two other great guys from the indie scene in Japan. will be instructing for six days at our place. We'll be doing four shows during that time. And we already we have we're accepting 15 students for that class. And we've already got all the slots almost full. So, in fact, I think by the time I'm done, I'll probably have a waiting list if anyone drops out. So what a lot of thing is a lot of the local guys here and guys as far as Florida and other places have been super receptive to the camp that we're putting on, which is very exciting to me because some guys may never get to Japan. And I want to give the guys that really want it that experience and they can come here. And train, there's going to be a promoter there as well from Japan. They're going to get to meet promoters. They're going to get to train with guys who've trained at the New Japan Dojo. I mean, this is awesome. If you don't have the money to go to the LA Dojo here and train, which those guys only want the top 10%, you know, for the New Japan Dojo in the States, they only want the top 10% guys. And I totally get that. That's because they're looking to sign guys for TV in Japan. And that's what that's all about. And that's great but this is for indie guys that maybe just want to go to Japan and work the indie scene period. You know, that just want to get their foot in the door. Like I did, I got really lucky. I got with world underground. I had a couple of really good matches there. My first match was a main event and it was very well received. I did another match there. It was very good. And then that got me the offer to go do my first taping last time. And that was incredible. So I, I get to the soccer stadium in the middle of nowhere And there's a bunch of chairs. And I'm thinking, I wonder what this is going to be like. It was incredible. They were standing room only. They had professional grade TV cameras there. They had the most just awesomeating ring truck I've ever seen. The roof like retracted on it and put all their production equipment and the ring in there was the most professional operation I've ever seen stateside or here. It was I'd compare it to like Ring of Honor because that's the kind of equipment and the kind of talent they had. The whole top of the card from top to bottom, except for me and a couple other guys, was pretty much legends from Japan. And I was just amazed by how professional they were, how polite they were, how cool they were. Uh, Me, I've been in the business a long time, but I'm a rookie there in the league. So I helped tear the ring down. I'm not embarrassed to say that. I cleaned the locker room. Japan is about respect. You bathe before you get in the ring. They have wipes there. You wipe your body down. You brush your teeth. You always wipe your feet before you get in the ring. It's very much about respect there. And that's some of the things the guys will learn at the camp here. Because if you go to Japan and you don't do those things, not only will you probably not get another opportunity, there's a good chance you probably get your ass kicked.
0: And I had a question for you. Absolutely. Um, so. What do you think? Past or now has been your greatest rivalry? Huh? Well,
1: let's face it. The match that put me on the map in the States and it was not my best match. It was my worst match. Would have been my feud with Tokyo Monster Cahagas, where he just destroyed me in Texas. 16 chairs on my back, all kinds of stuff. And guys always throw that in my face, like, you know, saying blah, blah, blah. It was terrible. Blah, blah, blah. I should have retired. See, that's what losers do. Losers have a bad match and they retire. Winners dig deep and go back out and fight. And it's funny because I've heard from Tokyo's mouth himself from many people. He says, wow, that guy Yvonne has." He's tough. He can take a beating better than most people. People don't get it. I went out and made the champ look like a million dollars. And yes, I took it on the chin. But you know what? I'd do it again. I've been in the ring with him five or six more times after that, where some guys have gone in there with his intensity and they've never got in the ring with him again. Me? Me? I think I've been in there almost the most times of them, except maybe Tarver, who was in NXT, who he's he wrestled a ton. Who's also he's an incredible worker. See, oh, I Michael never, Tarver. yes, I've never said that I was the best worker in the world or said I was all that. The only thing I've ever told people is I bust my ass and I learn and I train and I'm humble, and that's the secret is the humility. I've never thought it was better than even the smallest guy in any card. Like this course, when you're doing angles and you're doing stuff like that, you play a bad guy. Like I play a bad guy. So, you know, I'm very cocky and you know, I do a lot of stuff that I say is cocky, but that's just stuff, you know, that the promoter has, you say, that's your angle of what you're doing in real life. I'm real quiet, real humble. I just do my thing. I wasn't always that way, but I learned. Because like, once again, professional wrestling is about learning. And I'm about the learning. I have respect for Cahagas. I have respect for Kevin Sullivan. I have respect for all these guys. And that respect is when I'm around them, I keep my mouth shut, my ears open, so I can listen. Because the listening is where the learning is.
0: That is very, very true. And I agree 100%. That's... You have to pay your dues before you make it big. And sometimes... You don't even make it big.
1: Yeah. And I wouldn't say I've made it big. I just have my foot in the door. Right. Decent things. I'm not, I don't have a big TV contract. I'm not making big money. I'm making okay money there. I'm making enough to go and not lose money, which is better than a lot of guys do. And I'm with, a, and I'm a master Fugo who takes care of my stuff over there. It takes excellent care of me. And I definitely don't have any complaints, uh, you know, it's, it's a weird living over there. You stay in these things called capsules that look like
0: coffins.
1: <laughs> that oh, you yeah.
0: I've seen what people stay in down there. They're pretty cool. Yeah.
1: And it's nice. Right. They've got a hot tub there and they've got all kinds of stuff and it's, it's just, a, and you meet so many cool people at the capsules. I was just talking to Leatherface about that yesterday because he likes staying in the capsules too, because they've got coffee machines on every floor you you meet really nice people from all over the world you end up making all kinds of new fans and selling all kinds of merch i mean it's just a really great deal to anyone who can get over anywhere overseas i totally say chase it and do it because it's hard work it's hard to crack into it took me 5 years to get into japan it didn't happen for me overnight i pretty much had to beg to get there and they said no 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 and then finally I did something they liked and they said yes. So that's what it's all about is you just like every time somebody slams a door in your face, a window opens somewhere else. So you just got to keep going, keep going, keep going and keep it positive. There's a lot of, unfortunately, I don't want to sound bitter because I'm not bitter, but the truth of the matter is in pro wrestling, there's a lot of bitterness and negativity. And I, and I am someone who has been guilty in the past of letting that negativity and guilt get to me. The thing that helped me the last five years was after the Cahegas thing and it blew up and everybody saw me have a bad match and get beat up and all that is it made me thick skinned because after that, it didn't matter what anyone said to me. I didn't care. I used everybody's laughter and cruelty to push on and make myself the best I could be. It was like I was a little heavy a few years ago. And there was a wrestler in Canada that made fun of me. And I'm not going to name him because I'm not here to name names. And he laughed at me. Well, thanks to him. Now I have hardly any body fat at all. And I'm in the best shape of my career. So like I said on my page the other day to him, who's laughing now? You or me? Because your cruelty backfired. And now I got my foot in the door where I want to be. And I'm in the shape of my life. So in a way, that negativity that person sent me did me a favor. So a lot of times I do podcasts and guys will call in and just, you know, they'll heckle me and say really cruel stuff, but I just laugh at them because the amount of people that will say things on the internet or say things on a podcast, I run into those same people in public and they keep their head down and walk right past me because that's the, the way internet people are. They'll pop off, but in real life, they're cowards. And one thing I'm not is a coward. Anyone that knows me knows that (laughs) I'm a man's man. I'm far from a coward. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Um. I couldn't have done what I've done in my life if I was a coward. Cowards give up. When cowards face adversity, they slink and go away. When I have adversity, I dig deep and I push forward. And I'll continue to do that as long as I'm wrestling. It was like last week. I did four shows in two days. I did a festival with over 5,000 people. It was my third year doing it. And it was in the hot sun during the hottest part of the day. I did a frog splash off the top rope and my knee pad slid off. And I landed about 10, 15 feet on my knee. My knee was swollen like a grapefruit. I could barely walk. And from the heat, I was dehydrated. I was booked on a show on TV in Oregon the next day. So I showed up and worked my ass off. I wasn't very happy with the match, but they loved it. And when I watched it, I saw why. Because even a match where I was far from 100%, the match still looked good. The chops were stiff. It looked real hard. Was there room for improvement? Absolutely. There always is. But still, for working injured and not not making a fuss about it and keeping my word and not pulling out, I was very happy with the results as far as that went. My only regret is that I would have made the guy that I wrestled look a little better because he's a great athlete, Goblin Anderson, and he deserved a better match than I was able to give him. And I didn't make any excuses. I told the promoter, look, this guy did great. It was my fault. I was injured. And they knew I was injured. They saw me limp in the building. They could tell. If you look at the TV segment that's on my page that we released as a sneak peek you kind of kind of see dark circles under my eyes from being dehydrated. You can tell just by looking at my skin and everything, I look pretty dehydrated. And uh, like I said, my knee, when I got back, I threw up the whole way home from dehydration. I was with another wrestler. I had to pull over three or four times. I was throwing up on the side of the road because I was so dehydrated. And I could barely walk. By the time I got home and went to bed, the next day I woke up, I could barely walk. But you know what I did by three o'clock that afternoon? I limped my ass to the gym and was under the bench because I want it. I'm willing to get it. I I know to get the results, I got to climb the tree and pick the fruit. No one's going to pick the fruit for me and no one's going to pick the fruit and come hand it to me. If I want the fruit, I got to dig deep and make it happen. And once again, that's not thinking I'm better than anybody else. That's a common misconception with guys who are proud of what they do is that they think they're all that. It's not that. It's if somebody busts their ass and they're getting some results, let them enjoy some of the fruits of their labor. If you don't like it, then dig deep and surpass them. That's what you're supposed to do. You can't beat somebody with your mouth in pro wrestling. You can only beat them in the ring by outperforming them or beat them as a businessman, getting yourself booked and moving farther. And that's one of the biggest plagues of the independent scene right now is we'd rather run our mouse than do the work. And guys like that, I just don't have any time for anymore. I'm like, you can bump your gums. I'm going to the gym, bottom line. So I'm proud that where I work out at, all the people there know me by name. They see me all the time. I work a a 50-hour-a-week shoot job on my feet. And as soon as that's over, I go right and go work out. Training is a priority. Just like in our league, we have training. We have one of the best trainers in the Northwest, Richard Sincere, Who's on TV for Jeff Manning for Dub C, Dub C, which puts on an incredible product. Richard is like the Kurt Angle of the Pacific Northwest. And I hired him as our trainer because I want our guys and myself to train with somebody who's the best. And since training with Richard, I have learned so much and I'm seeing the boys get better and better. And that's why, like, on September 1st, we've got Shane Taylor coming in from Ring of Honor. I don't know if you know who Shane Taylor is, but he is. Okay an incredible wrestler. This would be my second time wrestling. And we're both excited about that. I've got Bob Evans and Tim Hughes from ring of honors, tough guy, Inc. And they're going to be in a match against me and three guys. I trained sexy pants, Paul Preston, the plague, Austin Reynolds and Squatch, Austin and Squatch just got back from Japan with me. They got an invitation. It was their first match there. Both of them did very well. And both of them were invited back to Japan. Now that's win-win, that's a gain. And I commend both of those guys for busting their ass, listening to me and going over there. They got on a plane, they went and wrestled. We flew there 30 hours through China. We were exhausted when we got off the plane. We had to literally run from the airport right to the show. We did that. We all had good matches. Then they tore the ring down and they cleaned the building out of respect when they were done. Now, to me, that's, those guys are in it to win it. They're doing the right way. And now, what was their reward? They were offered to come back and train at the dojo, and they were offered to come back and wrestle again. And that should be every wrestler's goal on every show. I have never done a show for somebody where I haven't been invited back. I'm proud of that. Usually when I wrestle, I usually get the call to come back. I never just do one and dones. Usually I do a program, and then I'm out. Or I do a program, and I stay. If you go somewhere and you wrestle and they don't invite you back, you can make up all the excuses you want to, but you obviously didn't do your job because the promoter doesn't want
0: you back. That is very true. Um, There's a question here by somebody. Uh Oh boy. I don't know if I should ask this.
1: If it's if it's a negative bullshit question, you can ask it. I'll answer it the best I can, but I pretty much expect it at this point.
0: It's not. It's since it says since you work in the Pacific Northwest, this is from a guy from I think Seattle. Okay. Who sent this and he said There is a company called CPW. Do you do any work with them? Um, okay. I'm going to be, I'm going
1: to be very political here because I'm not here to trash. And unlike others, like I told you, I don't trash people. I helped that that company get in business and I don't work with them anymore. I had a falling out with the owners. Uh, I'm not really going to delve into what happened, but it got kind of ugly between myself and them. And, uh, it's all the guys in the area they know the story for what happened so i'm not going to get all into that but i don't work for them anymore i have worked for them i've been a champion for them but i am no longer working with them now
0: okay i wasn't sure sure. because i knew that was a touchy subject
1: no no if that's the touchiest thing you got i'm fine um i just want to keep it all positive i feel like there's enough guys here that are bringing negativity to the table And I'm not trying to do that. I really want to keep things positive from this point on for the rest of my career and set a good example for the other guys, even the guys who don't like me. I have a policy. If I run into somebody in public and they don't like me, I always offer to hug them, shake their hand and kill it because that's, it's like Abraham Lincoln said, if I make an enemy, a friend, have I not won a victory over him? That's my philosophy of pro wrestling is why not try to reach out, be the better person, shake that guy's hand, give him a hug. Sure. It's like school and anything else. You ever seen the old cartoons as a kid where the popular kid gets all pissed off because there's one kid that doesn't like him and he just can't win him over. Well, that's life. You're not, everyone's not going to like you. Not everyone's going to get what you do and not everyone's going to think you're good. And when you put boots on and you go wrestle in front of people, you have to be able to take criticism and You're going to like some of it. You're going to hate most of it, but it's not that at all. It's how you're going to deal with that stuff. And the way I'm choosing to deal with it right now is just keep it positive because what I've learned the hard way is that me being negative is only going to affect me negatively. And so by keeping things positive, I'm keeping that negativity out of my life. And that's going to keep me stronger Keep me more focused and keep me reaching and grabbing because I truly think till the day you're done, your reach should only exceed your grasp, which means if you have a dream, keep shooting for it. I'm an older guy. I should not be wrestling in Japan, but I am. And I'll be back there on new year's taping again. So there could be a hundred guys on. They write you letters saying I suck. Hey, that's great. You're entitled to your opinion. But that's not going to affect me taping in Japan over New Year's. My ticket is here. So have your opinion. Enjoy your opinion. But I can't let that affect me. I've got to go and do my job. And my job is to perform, to entertain, and to keep reaching. So it's all good. Like I said, everyone's going to have an opinion. And you just got to let them have it. And those of us that are thick-skinned, that don't care anymore, we're the ones who are going to keep going. Because when you start dwelling on stuff and you start letting those people, you know, pay rent in your head, the next thing you know, they've got an apartment living in your head. And instead of doing the work, you're worried about them. Like when we get off this podcast, I'm going to go work out. I've got a knee injury, but I'm still going to go to the gym and I'm going to go try to stretch my legs out today. Walk the treadmill, do some, some light squats and just go push forward because I've got a show to do next week. I've got two shows, actually, one in Oregon and one in Washington. Then I've got to keep training because I've got Japan again over New Year's. And my goal is every time I go back to Japan to be that much stronger and that much better. And sitting around and worrying about what a bunch of guys saying is not going to get me there. The only way I'm going to get there is by training with Richard. I'm going to be training. Oh, we're having a seminar with Ring of Honor on September 1st with Bob Evans and Tim Hughes which is another chance to learn and a chance to get more knowledge. Uh, Bob Evans, let me tell a quick story, if you don't mind. Bob Evans no from problem. Ring of Honor. I met him about two years ago. He came and did his – when he first started doing his seminars, we were one of the first places that he went. Afterwards, I went out to dinner with him and uh, Mike Medina, who like, I can't remember his wrestling name. Uh, he's Congo, Congo, Congo something. He's an awesome wrestler. We Kongo, went out to – not Congo Kong, the other Congo, the Congo from Ring of Honor. So, the- uh,
0: Congo. oh, I know who you're talking
1: about. Yeah, great guy. His real name's Mike Medina. He's on my Facebook. He's an awesome guy, sweet man. So, he went out to dinner, and Bob's like, So, I, you know, you got any of your work on the internet? So, most guys with Ring of Honor guys are going to try to show their best match. I didn't. I pulled out the Cahagas match and let him watch that. And you could see Bob visibly stunned. When he saw the match, he's like, how have I never seen this? Because that match went viral. Everybody saw it. It's like Andrew Anderson, the wrestler, said. He's like, even Africans and in huts in Africa have seen this match. I mean, this match went viral. Everyone has seen it. Everyone has an opinion. So instead of bragging to Bob, I wanted Bob to help me. So I showed Bob the worst match I ever had. Bob didn't dog me. Bob encouraged me. He said, you know what? You can get past this. Anybody can. You just got to train, diet, work hard. And, do-. and then Bob kind of took me under his wing and he would talk to me publicly. He encouraged me, encouraged me, encouraged me. That's why you saw when I did my first Japan taping on my page, Bob was one of the first people that I thanked because he, people like him and Shane Taylor totally encouraged me the whole way. Him and Shane. And I'm just, I haven't met Tim, but I'm going to meet Tim. It's this next time down. They're some of the nicest, most helpful guys I've ever worked with. And if you're a booker, listen to me, book Shane Taylor, book Bob Evans, book Tim Hughes, book Bob for a seminar. You can't afford not to. Bob is going to give you knowledge or Shane so much that your guys are going to grow and feel confident. Our guys, it's mandatory. Everything at my show, every worker has to go to the seminars because if I, my guys don't want to go and learn, I don't need them anymore. Uh, There's been times in the past because the talent pool was a little thin in the Northwest. I've had to use guys on my show that probably were not up to snuff with a lot of the other guys. And I'll openly admit that. But that was the past. Now I'm trying to get the best of the best in my league because I'm trying to put on a product affiliated with Japan. And I have to And the Japan office watches all of our stuff. And I want them to be proud. And it's paying off. This week alone, I got offers to go wrestle in Canada, Chicago, and Mexico. In one week, three different companies have hit me up to ask me if I can go perform for them. And uh, it's incredible. Like, I never thought that I would wake up and be living the life that I'm living right now. But that's because guys like Bob, instead of crapping on me and shelving me because I had a bad match, they encouraged me, built me up. And that's what it's all about. And that's what I wanna do for other people now. Like I said, I'm gonna let other people trash people and be negative. To me, that's just disgusting. You should just get out of the business because that way you're only in it for yourself. But the good thing that I found is the people that like to trash people and the people that do this, they don't get anywhere. It's like, there's one guy here locally, he loves to do, and I'm like, once again, I'm not gonna mention his name, but he likes to trash me all over the place. Funny thing is, just to see, I was with a bunch of famous wrestlers in Japan, and I said, you ever heard of so-and-so? And they're like, who? Exactly.
0: Um, I've always been wanting to ask a professional wrestler this. There was back in, it's steering away kind of from this subject kind of it's okay you're the
1: you're the podcast host you it's your show it's your dime and i'll just answer your question buddy no problem okay
0: so you know world wrestling entertainment of course yeah oh yeah biggest
1: biggest biggest machine on the planet
0: so i lost my love for it back in 2016 until 2017 The Dolph Ziggler versus Miz for the Intercontinental title match whole feud came about. There was one segment that Dolph Ziggler put his career on the line. I don't know if you saw that segment. No, I'm not a big WWE
1: guy. I stopped watching after the Attitude Era, but that's another story. Go go ahead.
0: Yeah, you should definitely check this promo out. It's where this guy Dolph Ziggler otherwise known as Nick Nemeth.
1: Yeah, he's an incredible talent. I'm aware of who he is, of course. Yeah, He's he's got Um, a great body, great talent.
0: That promo made me actually connect with what he was saying because he was saying kind of what you were saying. He was like, maybe his career didn't turn out like it was meant to. Like, he didn't win all the top titles and everything. He just was there because he couldn't help it. And he could have just quit, but he just couldn't help it. And he kept pushing and pushing, and he could not stop. Because he had love for the business that the Miz didn't.
1: Yeah, and I, I think Dolph's had an incredible career. I think uh, that was probably a turning point for him in his career because when you wake up and you realize that there's still work to be done, that that takes you back to being the student again of the game. And let's face it, the best guys in this business are students of the game.
0: Yes, him and Drew Galloway are my top favorite like of all time, just their like work ethic, what they've done. Oh, I respect Drew
1: because Drew got dropped. He went to TNA, he went to Europe, he went around and now he's picked back up again. He showed that once Vince cuts you loose, you can work your way back. But you got to once again, be a student of the game, get out of things and do what you got to do. And that is what makes the survivors from the flash in the pants. Bottom right. line. And that's why Dolph... I think Dolph's won the world title, I, I believe. I don't really pay attention,
0: but I believe yes. he has won, won the world title, world title um, and held it for a month, then lost it to Alberto El Patron or...
1: Well, you know what's funny? Let me say something about that. When I won the UIWA world title, I only held it for three days. I, I got calls from... So many people that were pros in the business congratulating me. See, people don't get it. It's not how long you hold the title, it's the right. prestige of winning it. It's the how many you know, how many guys would cut another guy's throat to be world champion in WWE for one month? You know, how many guys that yeah. have retired that like Hacksaw Duggan was not retired, I mean, but not in WWE anymore, like Hacksaw and all these other guys. They were great performers that drew big money, but they were never champion. I mean, there's a like Roddy Piper. I mean, all these awesome talents made big money, made an actual living off pro wrestling, yet they never were world champion. That just shows you how special and how hard it is to be a WWE world champion.
0: That is like the true meaning of being a wrestler. Cause if you don't have the work ethic, you shouldn't be in it.
1: Yeah. And it's a push there when they put, when they decide that you're going to be in a program for the world belt in WWE, that's their shot at giving you your shot and guys make the best. I hear a lot of people trash the guy from India that was, and the guy's got, I can't remember his name, but he's got a phenomenal body. Uh-huh. Yeah, gender, my son just said Jinder Mahal. <laughs> <laughs> J- I thought Jinder Mahal is jacked. Maybe he may, maybe some people think he's not the most entertaining wrestler, but you know what I tell people? How many world championships in WWE do you have?
0: Right. You don't have to be the flashiest. You don't have to be the coolest. You just have to produce results the or company if company not producing results, keep going and going and going until you get there. Exactly. And the company put their faith in that guy,
1: which makes me have faith in that guy. And the guy did a lot of work. There's another guy that was released by WWE. He went back to Canada. I believe he was working for Michelle Starr up there, who's a really great promoter and a really great guy. Um, And he just worked his way back in. See, because those who really want it persevere. And that's my point of all this is the guy. I have so much respect for anyone who gets dropped and doesn't just give up. It's like, you know, who Muhammad Hassan is. Do you remember Muhammad Hassan? He's recently started wrestling again. And I'm all for it. I thought he got royally screwed in his push because that character was hot. That was the last time after the Attitude Era I was into wrestling. I remember a segment that they did with Eugene Nix Dinsmore, who I've actually tagged with before. I was very lucky to get to train and tag with him. They did a thing with him at WrestleMania where Hassan beat him up and, and his and, Daivari, and then Hogan came out. And, th- and that was one of the most exciting WrestleMania segments I'd ever seen. It made me cheer. It made my little kid in my heart clap because here's Eugene who plays a mentally off guy. Here's two guys that played the bully really well, really well. They, they legitimately had so much hate. They're beating up this guy who's a little mentally off. Here comes the aging hero, Hulk Hogan. And he still looked great. And he came out and threw the boot and threw everything and pfft, That was just to me, that was like one of his Hogan's breasts out of all of his WrestleMania moments. That's my favorite. I, I like that even more than him slamming Andre just for the fact that he came out, he knew he wasn't in his prime, but he threw on a segment. He was working the hottest two heels in the company in that time. And that segment got over people were wiping tears out of their eyes and cheering. So to me, that'll always be Hogan's WrestleMania moment in my mind. Slamming Andre, too. But that thing with Hassan was just incredible TV. And unfortunately, because of the London bombings, they decided to kill his character off, which to me was really short-sighted because, I mean, he wasn't a real terrorist. He wasn't responsible. I think they could have worked around it. They were on other networks. They should have took him off SmackDown, which was on TV, and moved him over to, to Raw on the USA network on cable where they had more latitude and I think they could have run with him. And I think he would have drawn good money for them, but that's where the snowflakes, like I often say on my page and the oversensitive society people just run wild. And I mean, it's funny because I posted something the other day and had a couple of workers try to pick a fight with me on my page. And I quietly wrote the guys offline and said, guys, I don't do public fighting. I don't do private fighting. That's your opinion. You can have it, but I'm too concerned with my training and keeping my spot overseas right now to start internet fighting with you and to any worker listening, whether you love me or hate me, and you probably hate me and that's fine. Take this piece of advice from me. Don't be an asshole on social media because everybody is watching. Everybody sees your negativity and they're not looking for that. People that are going to put money behind people and push people will not do that. I got great advice from humongous. Who's a promoter in Austria that I work with in Japan. Cause we were having a conversation and we were talking about people we worked and our upcoming projects. And he pulled me aside and said, Ron, I know you're not bragging, but try not to talk too much about what you're doing or what you've done. He goes one wrong word in this business will get you blackballed in Japan. And he didn't say it to be mean to me. And he didn't say it to be a jerk. He said it because he cares about me and he wanted to help me succeed. That's the brotherhood that we need to be showing each other. That's the brotherhood right now to any of my enemies out there that I'm trying to show you is don't worry about me. Worry about yourself. Don't do what I'm doing or try to take what I'm doing because you can't go do your own thing, make your own accomplishments, be your own man. And instead of trashing that guy that you think is beneath you, it says a lot more about you. If you reach down and pick that person up and help him. And so open offer to anybody listening, squash the beef with me, shake my hand, Come down to my company, train, go to a seminar, come to the Japan camp, train with the guys from New Japan. Come and enjoy what I'm trying to bring to the Pacific Northwest. Let's be positive and move forward and not be known as the land of the haters. Let's be known as the land of the achievers because that's what's going to suit us well.
0: That is going to suit it well. I believe that if people just stop just calling each other out on social media and then matches never happen, what was the point?
1: Well, it's just a bunch of pissing and it turns the fans off too. What they don't realize is it makes us look like a bunch of squabbling little housewives and it's not attractive. Uh, I'm blessed that I work for about six promoters in the States right now and I just picked up a couple of more. And they really get what I do. And I'm excited. Uh, I wanna send a shout out to John Bullard in Chicago, who's trying to get me booked over there. And he's gonna take, wants to take me to a Bears game, which I'm a big Chicago Bears fan since I was a little kid. Uh, It was my first football game that my mother took me to when I was a kid. And uh, wants to take me out for deep dish. And I wanna send a shout out to Steven. It, It was Chuck in Canada at RCW for reaching out to me as well. Kevin Brandt at BCW, who recently hired me there, and Patty Dietz, BJ Darden, Tex Thompson, and Anthony Nelson. Uh, I'd like to say something really quick in character to some of the guys that are listening from the Brandt dynasty. I know you guys are upset at me because Kevin's trying to get me to be the blue chip. It's not my fault you guys are the second stringers. What you need to do is sit on the bench and wait for your number fellas. Because Kevin's trying to sign me because my mind's in the right place and I'm doing good things. Your number will get called, <laughs> maybe. Now, see, that is in character. Feeling me?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. The difference
1: between being in character and being a shitty human being. I do a lot of stuff in character, but I'm not a shitty human being. I'm actually a good human being. I try to volunteer with handicapped people. I just graduated from nursing school on the side. I was going to go be a nurse. My goal is to open up an adult uh, care home and take care of handicapped people when I'm retired wrestling. So I recently took a job in the shoot sector in a big manufacturing plant that pays really well so I can save my pennies with my goal being opening up this adult living home when I retire and helping take care of handicapped people. See, these are goals, these are dreams, and these are things you work towards in your life. There's a saying I'd like to say, and that is, is an old Indian proverb that says, you never judge a man until you walk two miles in his moccasins.
0: That is true. You can't judge a person unless you bend them.
1: And it's really easy to look in from the outdoor and make assumptions. Everybody's got stuff going on. Everyone's got frustrations. Everyone's got problems. Why I say as a unit and as people and as wrestlers, we need to come together, be peaceful and push forward. Because right now where I'm at in wrestling, I am nothing but grateful and nothing but humble. I never thought that I would wake up and have the life that I have right now. And I'm not bragging. I'm just saying to me, For the things I'm doing, my life is amazing to me. And I'm happy every day I wake up with a smile on my face because some people believed in me and gave me a chance. And if I was just some whiny butthole on the internet, crying all the time and picking fights, that wouldn't happen. The only reason it happened is because I got humble and I got hungry and I did the work. And I kept, and to keep my spot. I have to continue doing the work. So the guys that think that I just got this, this, and this, you know, because of Kurt or because of Kevin, it's not true. Those are just names. I get to work a lot of talent, true, but it doesn't matter who you wrestle if you can't go in the ring and perform. If you go in the ring and you crap the bed with these guys every time, you're going to get nowhere. That's where the training and the preparation, and yes, like I've said many times, the humility is going to come in. And on that note, kid, I see you're in Everett. I'd like to invite you out to any of the shows at World Underground. I will have a front row seat for you and a guest on me anytime.
0: Thank you for that, sir.
1: Well, I'd love to have you come and see the Leatherface match. I think the Leatherface match is going to be a game changer for us.
0: When is that? That'll
1: be. I I can't. I'll tell you offline. I can't tell you on during the show because it's an announcement that we're gonna do on the 18th. But I'll write it to you offline. It's towards the end of September. Hint, hint. (laughs) Also, on September 1st, we've got the Ring of Honor guys and Bob Evans. Make sure guys come out and hit his seminar. There's gonna be an elimination match with three of us who just got back from Japan and another guy trained named Sexy Pants, who's phenomenal against the Ring of Honor guys and Coach Mike Jones. That should just be a super incredible match with his manager, Henry Miller, who's a great guy. Uh, This Saturday coming up at 6 o'clock, Funny Bone from Bodhi's thing in Vegas will be there. And Coach and Funny Bone will be wrestling me and Squatch, who just got back from Japan, Who's Squatch is a giant. He looks like Sasquatch. Guy was Needed a lot of work when he first moved to the Northwest, but now this guy's trained really hard and he's starting to break through. So I suggest anyone to come on out, shake my hand. The workers come on out. You want to come work for me? Hit me up offline. Let's talk. I'm always looking to upgrade my roster. Guys, it's Pacific Northwest. We all should be together. United. Let's push forward and let's make wrestling. Awesome. My hats off to great companies like defy three, two, one battle, Uh, DOA, BCW, CPW, ENPW, any of the leagues that are going here, my hat's off to you for running, keeping wrestling awesome, and pushing through. And yes, I did mention a couple of companies that don't like me, because it's not about liking me or loving me. It's about their commitment to professional wrestling. And that's what I respect.
0: And before we... And this podcast, I have this has always piqued my interest. Um, Going back to Nick Densmore, um, the whole Eugene character. So, a little bit. um, I have a disability and I was always like just wanting to know. Um, I'm not mad or anything like. I'm not putting hate towards the Eugene character. I'm just wondering if he actually had a disability. And if he didn't, I'm not mad. He doesn't. Okay. Mad. I actually like the Eugene character and how far he actually took it playing a special needs person and how much into the character he got, um, come on, because it's it shed very some... inspiring to, the, to people. I think that everybody needs inspiration,
1: especially special people. We have a referee named T-Rex, Mark Rowan in Portland. If you saw on my page the other day, I was wearing one of his shirts, remember? And I was saying, hey, support this guy. He's worked really hard. He was got some deformities in his arms from birth and he's a referee. And he works very hard. And I have nothing but love and respect and completely support that guy. If, you're, if you want something bad enough, people, you can do it. There's another guy who's autistic named Sterling T. Folk in Alaska. I've wrestled him. He's autistic. He's a great kid. And he's a great wrestler. And he's another one that proves if you want it bad enough, you can have it. And this kid's a submission grappler and he's incredible. So I can't wait till he comes back to wrestle for us because we have a handicapped portion of our audience and they really look up to him. Everybody needs role models. Everyone needs inspiration.
0: Yes. And when they were doing that whole Eugene and Triple H it made me hate Triple H so much. Yep, because he does his which, job well. <laughs> which was good for Triple H because it made him look like a total bad guy. Oh, yeah. And-, and now that I'm older, I appreciate the bad guy personas more than the baby face because it seems the heels get. Used more than the face guys, yeah, but here's do. the
1: deal, though. Yeah. Let me tell you a little secret, OK? And there's all wrestlers that are listening that understand psychology know this. It's a lot easier to be a bad guy than it is a good guy. Being a good guy is way harder because you have to give way more of yourself. You have to shake hands. You have to kiss babies. You have to be on all the time. You've always got to be friendly. You've always got to be positive. You can't have an off day. It's way harder. All you have to do to be a bad guy is walk out and tell the people, you suck. You suck. And the place goes and a place erupts. So in my opinion, it's much harder to be a good guy. It's so much easier to be despised because all you have to do is be negative. Anyone that's been through life in any circle, wrestling, whatever, knows what I'm saying, that it's much harder to have to be on and be positive all the time. So my hat's off to every guy that's has spent their whole career as a good guy. Lord knows I did it for years here. As one of the most popular good guys here. I only recently became a bad guy about a year and a half ago. And still the people still like me and still always want to talk to me and get pictures. And it's so hard to make that transition, but guys like Hulk Hogan who did it for years and years. That's why when he turned in the NWO, it was such big news because Hogan was the ultimate good guy, but that is what made his turn. So shocking. So in my opinion, Being a great bad guy is great, but it's so much harder to be a good guy.
0: Oh, yeah. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to do this podcast with me.
1: Oh, dude, thank you for having me on and keeping it positive and letting me say my spiel. I'm always happy to passionately talk about wrestling. Matt Legit is a movie producer who has a movie coming out called, I I can't remember the name of it, but it's uh, really good. He says on there that I can talk elo- eloquently about wrestling for hours where most can't talk for 10 minutes. I'm looking forward to that movie coming out because it's going to dispel a lot of realities about the independent business and it'll show some negativity and a lot of positivity on my end. So I re- support Matt and I really hope that his movie does well and please, by all means, kid, I have nothing but love for you. Being special needs, especially come out to the show Be my guest. If you need a ride or something, contact me offline. We'll work with you. Let's get you out to a show and let you experience World Underground Wrestling America. It would be my privilege.
0: Thank you so much, sir.
1: No, thank you for having me on your first podcast. I'm honored to be the first one and I wish you much success. In fact, if you need guests contact me offline and I'll point you in the direction of a number of people that are somewhat famous indie guys who I'm sure would love to be on the podcast.
0: All right. No problem. Sorry. It was so hard getting on. <laughs> it's okay. I just didn't want to let
1: you down kid. That's all I, I just wanted. To, and once I, it opened and I saw that the podcast opened, I was really happy because I was like, Oh, I don't want to let this kid down. Cause even though I'm a quote unquote bad guy, Man, I'm pulling for everybody. I'm pulling for my enemies to succeed. I'm pulling for you. I'm pulling for everybody. And please make sure that you post the rebroadcast of the podcast on my page so I can promote it for you. I will. Let's get numbers for you, kid. Let's get some numbers. Let's get this thing out there. I'll get people in Japan listening to this and everything. Hit me up. I'm going to tag everybody we talked about in this. And we're going to get you some killer viewership and get you on. And who knows, maybe in your one year anniversary, we'll revisit and do it again. Also, come out to the show, cool. do a live interview, too, with you and some of the workers. Like I said, take me up on my hospitality. I'm more than happy to do anything I can to accommodate you and your love of wrestling.
0: No problem. I'll tell you a little bit about my schedule offline absolutely because I don't want like it going out to the general public. You yes, know. yes.
1: Let's kayfabe some of this stuff so that we have some privacy. Yes. Absolutely.
0: All right. Thank you so much. And I hope you succeed in whatever you do. Oh trust and me. And I look We're forward talking to, talking to you. a kid, but I already
1: have I'm living my dream every day and I'm smiling every day and I have a beautiful family. I got a wonderful bunch of dogs I love that I get to walk every day. Uh, my life's wonderful and I'm hoping to, you know, make some other people's life good too. Thanks for having me on, kid. Nothing but love to you. We'll talk offline and we're friends now. So, uh, honored to have you as a friend and honored to be
0: here as a podcast. Sorry about that. Hello? You there? Yeah, is it over? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Somebody called in the middle of the podcast. I was like, oh, God,
1: <laughs> it's OK, my man. We're all good, man. I was it was a real pleasure. Like I said, put the rebroadcast on my page and I'll tag everybody we talked about in it. And uh, it'll, it'll be awesome. You'll get all kinds of views because here's the thing about people. You talk about them. They want to know what's said. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll tag everybody. Go ahead. In a few minutes, the rebroadcast will be up. Put it on my page and I'll start sharing it.
0: And also, if you ever talk to Nick Densmore mm-hmm. ever again. Tell him how much I appreciate him taking that character and not letting it just be like a one off thing.
1: Actually, a friend of mine's wrestling him
0: skeptical. This
1: so I'll get him to call. I can probably get him for your podcast if you want. A friend of mine's working with him next week. So I'll reach out to him and have see if Nick can reach out to you. Cool. Yeah, Like anyone you want to know that I know, just hit me up and I got you.
0: Thanks so much. I appreciate you so much. And you have helped me a lot.
1: <laughs> no worries, man. It's all good. I'm here to help. That's long quick story. I had a daughter who was special needs that passed away a couple years ago. So I uh, will do anything for anybody's special needs, hands down, charity work, uh, anything I can do. So I do a lot of this in memory of my daughter. So by all means, I'm happy to help you any and every way I can.
0: Thank you so much, sir. Oh, you got it, man. You have a great, great rest of your evening. And it's Ron.
1: It's never sir with you, buddy. It's Ron. We're cool. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Ron. You got it. Take care, my friend. I'll be forward to hearing the take rebroadcast.
0: Care. No problem. All right. Take care. Karen. Bye-bye.